we just thank you that you are a good God. Your love endures forever. Every good and perfect gift comes down from you. You want to meet with us today. You want to fill our hearts afresh. You want to strengthen us and heal us and cleanse us and bind us up and set us on our feet and inspire us and put a dream in our hearts and set us on the right path for our life. You are our shepherd. You lead us and you guide us. You feed us and provide for us. We love you and we praise you and we thank you. And all God's people shouted, come on church, let's give God a praise in the house. Amen, amen. Go ahead and take a seat. So over the last couple of days, I almost lost my voice, screaming at the kids, you know. It it wasn't that. One of the kids brought a virus home from school, (laughs) and, uh, and it went through the entire house. Have you ever noticed that viruses don't affect the pets? Have you ever noticed that? All the humans get it, and the pets, the animals are absolutely fine. And um, anyway, so I decided this morning I'm not going to sing during the worship. I'm going to save my voice. But God is so good, it's impossible to do. I sang almost all my voice away. But I'm, so you might need to pray for me if we get stuck here. So today, oh, and I'm all a mess again. Today, I am... Today I'm going to start a new four-part series called Living in Alignment. Living in Alignment. Living in Alignment in your own personal being, that's what we'll look at today. Living in Alignment with your life purpose, with God's path and plan for your life, and, and so on. We'll look at that in coming weeks. And I think that, I really believe that this is one of the most important, certainly in my life, this has been one of the most important discoveries that I have made that has helped me so much overcome frustrations in life. Anybody ever feel frustrated with life? Ever felt frustrated on the handy with the driver in front of you or who's in the fast lane going below the speed limit? Even though there's a sign that says, overtake and pull back in. No, he's going to sit there. You know? Is it you that does that? Because <laughs> God sent him there to teach you patience. You're lacking in patience. That's where it is. Or is that just me? I don't know. I think maybe that's just me. And um, I think that's why God also invented photo radar, I've decided because my registration is due tomorrow, but there are some penalties (laughs) that come before that. And I think the Lord is saying, Martin, plan your trips more in advance, you know? And when frustrations come into our life, very often what we want to fix is the frustration, rather than seeing that as a kind of feedback mechanism that's telling you about something you need to fix in you. 
because other people are facing the very same circumstances you are, but are responding to them in a different manner. And so, we can allow the circumstances of our life to produce frustration, or we can allow them to produce personal and spiritual growth in our life. So, I've called this message, this is part one of living in alignment, and I've called this message today, integrity. Integrity. What have I called it? <laughs> living a fully integrated life. Integrity is living a fully integrated life. You know, we hear a lot, people throwing about the word integrity a lot in, in, in all kinds of ways, and I think that very often we don't stop to actually think what the word means. Usually, if we say somebody is lacking in integrity, what we mean is they have some bad motive or they're being deceptive deliberately or something like that. You know, like uh, maybe maybe uh, you maybe we're talking about somebody who worked in a particular job and decided it was time to move on and left that job badly without fulfilling their contractual obligations. And somebody might say That's, that person was lacking in integrity. Or um, maybe you hired a company to come and do landscaping in your garden and halfway through it they went bust and they, you paid all the money and they didn't finish the work and and you're saying, well, if they had any integrity, they would come and finish the work even though it's costing them because we signed a contract. I remember once a long, long time ago, um, back in, in uh, Scotland, I was pastoring a church and I received a letter from another pastor. He was complaining about three people. Um, three people had left his church and had started attending our church and he told me that they had left without any integrity. And um, so I went and spoke to them and found out uh, why. And um, it was because those three people were basically his entire worship team. I felt sorry for the guy. He lost his whole worship team overnight. So, um, but I wasn't going to send them back to an unhealthy church. So I just embraced them and welcomed them. And then I married one of them. So it all worked out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so we, whenever anybody does something that doesn't fit our plans, we can often say they're lacking in integrity. And usually we mean that there's something bad about them. They're being hypocritical. Or maybe it's somebody that you trust. Sometimes I've seen this happening even in, um, you know, in the church world. Maybe there's a preacher or teacher or, uh, that, you've, that you listen to and you follow, and then they do something wrong, and you say, well, they've got no integrity. I mean, you should practice what you preach and all of this kind of stuff. And so what we tend to do then is say that that person is bad, and therefore, um, I, you know, I cannot show them any compassion or anything like that, that's all good and well until you find out that you're the one who has 
not f kept your word, not fulfilled your obligations, done something wrong, promised something, and then things changed in life and weren't able to do it, and other people are saying that you're lacking in integrity, and in your life, you're feeling pulled in all kinds of different directions. The word integrity means to be integrated, to be fully integrated in life. Now, I want to show you an illustration here. Where are you? There. There. Can I get my little bricks? I want to show you a little illustration here that I have used a couple of times before, but I've never actually done a whole message based on this concept, and I want to do that today. I want you to think about the various parts of you, your emotions, your thoughts, your fears and worries and anxieties, your hopes and dreams and aspirations, your upbringing, your experiences from the past, your desires for a better future, everything in your life. I want you to imagine these bricks as symbolizing different parts of your life. Maybe we could say this brick uh, symbolizes the beliefs that you hold. You know, a lot of people hold on to beliefs. Even Christian people who think their beliefs are based on the Bible because maybe they can find a verse here or there to back them up. But a lot of people hold on to a lot of toxic and unhealthy and dysfunctional beliefs about God, about other people, about life, and so on. And so this is the beliefs that we hold. And this one here is the emotions that we generate, the feelings that we feel. And this one here are the thoughts that we think. You know, I, I have realized that, that one of the biggest frustrations for most people is when they are unable to change the thoughts in somebody else's mind. You know, like, people get all, but, but that person will think badly of me. You have no control over what another person thinks in their own mind. But you have got control over what you think in your mind. The thoughts that you think. That person may have good thoughts about you in their mind or bad thoughts about you. But even if it's bad thoughts about you, you can choose to be happy inside. You don't need to let that r rob you and ruin you. The thoughts that we think and the thoughts that we think don't usually just come in, in like sequential thoughts. That's one way that they come. But what thoughts do is they then paint images on the canvas of your imagination. So if, I, if I'm going to say words right now, if I say a big, black, angry dog, you didn't see the letters B-I-G, B-L-A-C-K, A-N, and so you didn't see the letters, you probably Im imaged, imagined, visualized a big, black, angry dog. Our thoughts produce images, the thoughts that we think, the images that we hold in our mind. The words that we speak with our mouth, so in the area of integrity, I suppose that's the promises that we are making, and then the actions that we take with our body, 
when all of these things are aligned, when they are all fully integrated, then you have integrity in your life. Then you have a strong and solid foundation upon which to build a life. But the problem is, most of the time, we're not like that. Our emotions are being pulled in one direction. We've got some beliefs about God that are healthy, but we've got some wackadoodle beliefs as well that we learned on YouTube someplace. And um, then our thoughts are pulling us in one direction. Our emotions are pulling us in another direction. We're promising one thing with our mouth, but we can't keep our promises with our body. That person is lacking in integrity. If you try to put any weight on that person, their life is going to collapse. It's not that they're a bad person, they are a damaged person. They don't need your judgment, they need your encouragement, your prayers, your hopes, your dreams, your wishes for them to get healed and to get whole and to get integrated because the truth of the matter is most people are doing the best they can with the knowledge they've got. And if you give them more wisdom and knowledge and understanding, they will be able to do better. People don't want to be getting pulled in all kinds of different directions. Every morning, every morning, I'm trying to get ready to go to the office. And part of me is pulling me in this direction, right? I get out of the shower, I get dried, and part of me is saying, put your clothes on, put your clothes on, put your clothes on. But then, my little puppy, when he sees me putting my clothes on, he thinks that means we're going a walk. And so he tugs on my little heartstrings with his eyes and the little thing that he does. And I say, no, no, we're not going out. You're, we're not going out, I'm going to the office. And so part of me is getting pulled in this direction and part of me is getting pulled in that direction and most mornings I end up bringing him to the office and he wins. <laughs> because I'm a sucker for cute little animals. And so they are able to, I mean, a, a, a serpent in the, wouldn't have tempted me in the Garden of Eden, but a little puppy or kitten, I would have done anything that little animal wanted, I'll tell you. So, it's not when we are lacking in integrity, it's that we're being pulled all over the place. Our thoughts are wanting to go in one direction, but our emotions are pulling us in another direction. Our mouth is promising one thing, and our, our mind is saying, shut up, you don't have the time to do it. We are lacking in integrity, not because we're bad people, but because we're damaged people. It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, Jesus said, but it is the sick. And so he is our healer that brings healing to us. Look what it says in the book of Proverbs. Let's just look at the book of Proverbs here. It says, the integrity of the upright, not the scattered, 
But the upright, when everything is in alignment and stacked together, you are upright in life. The integrity of the upright guides them. I just don't know which way to go in life. I don't know whether I should get this job or I should do this or I should do the other thing. You know, it's kind of like it's, you, you, you've met somebody. You've prayed for a spouse and you've met someone and your heart went pitter-patter, pitter-patter, and so did theirs, and you have been drawn together, and you're absolutely sure that this is God's will for your life, but deep, deep down in your subconscious mind, you are still harboring fears from past broken relationships. And you're not even doing this consciously, but subconsciously, you are looking for all the, she said something the way the last one said it, and she was a bad apple, so is this one a bad apple too? You know, that's reminding me of the way he used to always be late for me. Maybe that, and all of a sudden, everything in our life is going fine, but here's this little emotional baggage destroying and shipwrecking your relationship. And you're engaged and you're about to get married, and it's all getting a little bit shaky because now there is stress and pressure put on top with all the arrangements and the plannings and the finding of a house and all kinds of things, and as soon as there's stress put on your relationship, it collapses, and I suppose it was better happening two weeks before the wedding than two weeks after it, but it would have been good if you'd found out that there was something out of alignment in your life, that it wasn't that that relationship was bad, it wasn't that that person was wrong with you, it's not that you ruin everything, it's that you were not completely stable and in alignment. I don't know which direction to go because I'm being pulled in different directions, but the integrity, the integrated experience, the grounded and centered person, they are able to be guided through life. But the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. God stores up success to the upright. He is a shield to, for those who live with integrity. Now, you may have noticed here that I have chosen six bricks in three different colors. I want to explain why, because basically, the way the Bible breaks down your human personality is God, is a, is, there's only one God, but he is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and there's only one of you, but you are created in the image and likeness of God. You are also a triune being. And here's where it says in, in 2 Thessalonians, or 1 Thessalonians, one of the Thessalonians anyway, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says this, now may the God of peace in Hebrew, the word that they would use for peace is the word shalom, and it means more than just peace. It means soundness and wholeness and perfectness in every sense. May the God of peace and wholeness and soundness make you holy in every way. How does he do that? May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. You are spirit 
and soul and body. The word soul, the Greek word is psyche. It means your mind. Spirit, mind, and body. You have those three elements to you. I remember many years ago when I I lived in the UK um, and I was pastoring a church, a resistant pastor developed a, a kind of discipleship course for people. And he based it around the idea of triangles. I want to put these triangles up on the screen just now. And um, there's different kinds of triangles. In this case, there's equilateral and isosceles and right angle triangles and all of that kind of stuff. But since I didn't pay attention in school, I get them all mixed up. So we'll just call them a solid triangle and a dorky triangle, okay? (laughs) This one is solid. Each side is exactly the same, and each point in that triangle symbolizes one part of your being, your spirit, your mind, or your body. But this kind of dorky one over here, it is unbalanced. One part of it has been stretched away longer than the the other side. And so it is not bad. This one here, you could flip it anyway, and it sits exactly the same. You know, that's what we want our lives to be like. Troubles and storms and circumstances might come against you to knock you off your feet, but you stand up. Do you remember those little toys, weebles? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down, right? That was the adverb. It was in the UK. There was a little song, weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Because you could knock these little weebles and they came. You sh- Christians should be weebles. <laughs> the circumstances of life try to knock you over, but you're back up. Because you are integ. But if you're like this, folks, if you're emotionally and mentally and spiritually all over the place, a little bit of pressure is going to knock you completely down. And My assistant pastor back in Scotland, his point was this. Some people focus on one part of their life and they improve that, they improve that, they improve that, they improve that. Maybe it's the body. Maybe this guy, he's he's a bodybuilder and that's great, but that's all he thinks about. In fact, maybe he doesn't think much at all because he's never actually developed his mind and is completely out of touch with his spirit. And so that's, he's, he's bodybuilding, he's bodybuilding, and that's fine. It's fine until he starts getting muscles out here as well. You know the muscles that they get behind their ears, and it's like, you've gone too far, buddy, you know? <laughs> it's not even normal. <laughs> and, or, with some people, it's their mind they overdevelop. Some people are so intellectual that they can't even open the door of their heart to God. Because you, tell, you just open the door of your heart and you trust them. You know, but I need to understand everything and everything needs to be fully explained. And, and all they do is they tie themselves in knots. Here's one that might surprise you. Some people overly develop their spirit and neglect the other areas of life. They become so heavenly minded, they are no earthly good. You can't have a conversation with them, you know? everything, some weird and deep spiritual meaning and all that kind of stuff. You know, I got a a flat tire today. 
I wonder what that could possibly mean, spiritually speaking and all that. It meant that you drove over a rusty nail. That was what it meant, <laughs> right? And so if we develop ourselves, if we develop our whole life, spirit, mind, and body, your spirit, your spirit contains the beliefs that you hold and the emotions that you generate in your life. There's your spirit. When it's strong, that's a good foundation. Your soul or your mind contains the thoughts that you think and the images that you visualize. When you can get them solid and under control as well, you're building in a solid life. Your body, these represent the words that you speak with your mouth and the actions that you take in life. That's your body. When you can get everything going in the same direction in your life, you then are fully integrated. And so I want to look at the book of James right now. And we're gonna look at a very well-known passage but when we look at this well-known passage, you're going to see how it speaks about all of these areas. Let's look at it. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. Have you ever read that and thought, like, come on, I mean, come on, God. Trials have come my way. Oh, whoopee-doo, hallelujah, you know? Why? Why are we supposed to count it joy when trials come our way? For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. You see, if trials come your way and you feel like you're getting torn to pieces and your life is falling apart, that's a good thing. That is a gift from God because he is drawing to your attention there are areas of weakness in your life here that if a big tragedy came, you wouldn't stand. So deal with it just now. Let the testing of your faith produce, not grumbling and complaining, why are problems happening to me, God? Not that. Let them produce steadfastness. It produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. We're going to pray in a few minutes when we get to the end of this message, we're going to pray. And I believe that the prayer will be the beginning of a journey towards this. But one prayer on its own is not going to do it. This is not a pray for me that I am now aligned and fully integrated. This is a process. This is a lifelong process of prayerful introspection when you notice issues arise, arising in your own heart and mind, rather than reacting to the person or the problem that caused them, through prayerful introspection, you realize that you're out of alignment in some area. Let steadfastness have its full effect. Let it work deeply in it. And what happens? When I let steadfastness have its full effect, what happens? That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That sounds good to me. So that is, let's read on. Next paragraph. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask, from, ask God who gives generous, generously to all without finding fault. 
That's what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about wisdom, I'm talking about prayerful introspection. Things are going wrong in my life and I feel like everything's shaking and I'm about to be pulled every way. Instead of running for cover and blaming people and all of that kind of stuff, posting on Facebook that it's Justin Trudeau's fault or whatever, maybe you take a moment of prayerful introspection and you say, look, it's like this. If human beings build a city right on top of where a fault line is, that city might stand for a hundred years and nothing happens. But then one day an earthquake comes. And when that earthquake comes, a little bit of shaking begins. And when the shaking begins, the fault line tears apart and the city is destroyed. Now you could blame the earthquake, but it's not the earthquake, it's the fault line. The fault line was there all along. The earthquake just exposed the fault line. And when times of shaking come into our life and things begin to pull apart, we blame that time of shaking for destroying our life, but all that shaking is doing is exposing fault lines that we had in our life all along. And it's a good thing that it exposes them. Because now that they're exposed, we are able to deal with them and build on a strong foundation. Isn't it better for the fault line to be exposed and your building to be collapsed to collapse when you've just built a shack before you've built the Empire State Building on top of it. So these, this is what wisdom is. It helps us identify the fault lines that run through us. So, but then you might say, but, but I'm gonna ask God for wisdom, but he's not gonna answer my prayer because I've made so many mistakes and I've got so many faults, fault lines. I've got so many fault lines in my life that God's not gonna answer my prayer. He gives generously to all without finding fault. He overlooks your fault lines. In fact, God knows that the more fault lines you've got in your life, the more wisdom you need. And he will generously give you that wisdom. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. That word doubt is really interesting. In the original Greek, the word doubt literally means to be divided within yourself. To be divided. Let, let's change it for a, a more modern word that we would use. I feel conflicted about that. I feel, you know, I think I should do that, but part of me thinks that I shouldn't do it, and I feel conflicted. That is divided. That is doubt-filled inside. Now, this is why you need wisdom, because the reason you feel conflicted could be two completely different things. Let's say a business opportunity comes your way and everything makes sense to your mind, and you think, I should do this, I, I believe I could do it, I should get involved in it, but before you take the plunge, inside, you feel all, 
I don't know what to do. I don't, I, I, I don't know if I want to do this or not. All of a sudden, you feel conflicted like cross currents of a river splashing together. Now, maybe this business opportunity is the best thing that's ever come your way, and you should do it. And the reason you feel conflicted is because you have subconscious fears that are pulling you in another direction. If God gives you wisdom, if he gives you insight, discernment to see that that is the issue, and you're able to bring that issue before God and be healed of it and become integrated again, then you've got a solid foundation to build that on. So the business opportunity was perfect, but your conflicted feelings were due to unresolved issues from the past. And once they are healed, you're free and confident to go on with the business. On the other hand, you might feel conflicted inside because your heart is telling you this is not your path in life. There is something else that you are better designed to do. And so trying to heal your hearts and do that business is going to be the wrong thing to do. You see why you need wisdom? You see why you need to know thyself? So that through prayerful introspection, you can deal with the issues in your life and become strong. No doubting. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Do you ever feel like your life is like the tide? The tide comes in, the tide goes out. I'm making progress in life. Oh no, I'm losing all the progress I just made. My life is advancing. Oh no, my life is retreating again. That's what we often feel like and that is an experience that the Bible calls being double-minded. Imagine we had two donkeys up here on the stage with a rope tied between them and a bale of hay either side. And those donkeys, they would be like the wave of the sea. This donkey would be pulling ahead, then the other one would be pulling ahead. Do you know you have two minds? You have a conscious mind that you're aware of the thoughts that go on and you have a subconscious mind that you're not aware of. That's why it's called the subconscious because you're unconscious about to it. It's going on deep down inside. Look what it says. For that person is unable to receive anything from the Lord. Does it say that the Lord is, is, stops giving? Does it? It says they're not able to receive. Imagine God's pouring the blessing out here, but you're away over here, and now you're away over here. It's like you've got a bucket and you're trying to catch a bit of water. God's pouring out his blessings. It says it. He gives generously without finding fault. God is giving. God is giving. He's giving you wisdom. He's giving you guidance. He's giving you everything you need. But you're not able to receive it. You've got a bucket and you're Sometimes you catch a splash of it and sometimes you don't. And then you, you come to church and you look at the person next to you and they've got a nice beam on their face and they're holding their bucket up and their cup is full and running over. And you say, everybody else gets blessed except me, it's not fair. Just become integrated people. That person is unable to receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded 
and unstable in all his ways. If part of your mind is pulling this way and part of your mind is pulling that way, do you see how you become unstable in all of your ways? The slightest bit of pressure can cause your life to collapse. Let's read on. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and, uh, and enticed by the devil. Is that what it says? Does it? It says he's lured and enticed by what? Yeah, but what about the devil? The Bible calls him the tempter and all that. Yeah, do you want to know something? A fisherman can only catch a fish if there's bait on the hook. And if there's nothing in your life, if your life is integrated, there's nothing to get hooked onto. But if your life is all over the place and you're desiring this and you're desiring that and you're desiring the next thing and nothing's under control, you are being pulled and you promised to do this, but you're being pulled in this direction and then people say you're lacking in integrity. But when you're integrated, temptations may come and go, but there is nothing for them to, weight might come on top of you, but you're on a solid foundation. Let's read on the next passage. Next slide. It says here, be doers of the word. Here we're getting to our body, the words that we speak and the actions that we take. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and then he goes away. And you know, when we look at the Bible, we think, that's right, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to do the, the next thing. And then we go away and we look at social media and we think, oh, look at this that's going on and that that's going on. And we forget about the issues in our life. We forget what we saw of the reflection in ourselves. It says he looks at himself in a mirror, but he goes away and at once forgets what kind of person he is. I'm reading this passage of scripture and the verses are speaking to my heart and I'm realizing that at the moment I'm this kind of person and I need to fix that. But rather than fix that, I would rather go away and busy myself and complain about things. And it's saying here, if I can get alone with God and fix those things, then I would become strong. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, do you see that word liberty? God wants to bring us, bring us freedom and perseveres, being not a, a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. The beliefs that you hold in your heart, faith, and the emotions that you have, that you generate within, the thoughts that you think in your mind and the images that they produce, the words that you speak with your mouth and the actions that you take, when all of that is together, you know how people sometimes talk about you should live from your heart? Well, that's good unless your heart is way, way over here. But if your heart is healed, 
If by your heart they mean the core of your being, when you are in alignment in life, when God has been at work and you're healthy and you're whole and you're strong and you're grounded and you're centered and you're integrated and you have integrity, at that point you can live from your heart because your heart's pulling you in the same direction as everybody else. So when it comes to the phrase live from your heart, I would say this, live from your heart, but not from your heart. Don't live from your hearts. Live from your heart when it's fully and completely integrated. I want to finish by just telling you a story. Could I get my piece of paper up here? Thanks. Um, thank you. And I, I want to tell you a story. I've actually told this story before. Um, uh, I've heard a number of speakers tell it. I'm sure you've heard it before. The earliest telling of this story that I can find is in a book called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude by Napoleon Hill and Clement Stone. Whether they were the first people to tell it, I don't know, but that's the first one I can find. Here's the story. There was a pastor. It was a Saturday night, and he had been really busy all week and had never got round to preparing his sermon for the Sunday morning. So he's sitting up on Saturday night trying to come up with a sermon for the next day. And he's praying and saying, Lord, I need help. And no ideas are coming. But at the same time, his young son keeps coming into his study and bothering him. Sometimes the circumstances of life that irritate and frustrate us are actually trying to tell us something. And he keeps coming in and bothering him, and the dad keeps saying, son, I'm, I'm trying to hear from God here, you know? You need to go out. And if the boy comes in, and eventually the dad picks up a newspaper, and in the newspaper, one of the pages has a globe with a map of the whole world on it, with all the countries divided. So the father takes that page out of the newspaper, and he rips it into pieces. And he gets a roll of sticky tape, and he says to his son, here, son, take that and the sticky tape and go and see how long it takes to, for you to put the map back together. And he thought, that will take him 10 minutes at least, and I'll be able to concentrate. And the father turns around to do it, and a minute later, the son tugs on him, and he says, Dad, Dad, look, I've put the map back together. And the dad looked at it and said, how on earth did you manage to solve that problem of global proportions so quickly? And the little boy said, it was easy, dad. There was a man on the other side of the page. I just put the man back together and the whole world came right. And his dad said to him, son, you have just given me my sermon for tomorrow. When the man is put back together, his whole world becomes right. Let's stand together, church. Come on. Let's lift up our hands to God. We're going to pray. I want to just pray for you first of all, and then we'll pray together. Father, I just pray for every one of us here today. I pray that our lives would be full and running over. Your word says, my cup overflows. But Father, so often our cups are cracked and broken and leak. 
and are half empty and are not overflowing. I pray for each one of us today. I pray that you would come and do a work of healing in our lives. Heal our hearts. Mend our brokenness. Banish our fears. Take the men and the women in this room and put us back together so that our whole worlds become right, Lord. Mend our cups and then fill them to overflowing, I pray. Let's say this together. Father God, today I place my whole life in your hands. My spirit, my mind, and my body. Heal my brokenness. Fill my emptiness. Restore my soul. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Help me to live whole and integrated. May my beliefs, my emotions, my thoughts, my words, and my deeds align fully with your plan for my life. I ask you for this, and I believe that I receive right now, right here, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church.